I'd like to speak a message to you that I really feel good about in my heart, like always, but there's just something really important about this message that I want you to listen to. I believe it's going to help each and every one of us today. The message is entitled Security. The question is, where do you put your security? We have to think about that for a moment. And let me read this scriptures to you found in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on a rock. I want you to think about that for a moment. Everything was built on the rock. Everything was built on the revelation of who Jesus Christ is and still is. Not was, because he's is was too, but we're in the present time right now, and I want you to hold on to that. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But if you listen to my sayings, if you listen to my words, if you watch my life, that's what I'm going to liken you to, like the man who built on the rock, and when the storm came and beat the house, it did not fall. He goes on to say, and everyone who hears these sayings of mine, and does not do them will be likened to a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and its fall was great. Now every one of us know here in San Francisco, right, that there is a building that has been built that's leaning It's leaning. My son told me that you can put a marble on, in the living room floor of any one of those homes built on top of one another and let go of the marble and it just rolls across the floor. They built it on a faulty foundation. And the person that built it is now under scrutiny. Because people that purchased the homes prior to it being finished are demanding their money back. I met with a Japanese overseer of the Churches of God in Japan the other day. Actually, he was here. Inside our building and outside our building. And he told me that over in Japan, that happened too. And, but the wise builder moved everybody out, tore it down, and put it on the right foundation and rebuilt it. Let me spiritualize that for a moment. The one here in San Francisco is saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. There's lawsuits. I'm being sued. What do I do? 
The man in Japan said, I can fix this because I'm going to take the foundation it was built on and fix it and give it a foundation that's firm and steadfast and rebuild and everybody can move back in. So what I'm saying is sometimes we look at our life and we're not on the firm foundation. And sometimes we complain about it. Sometimes we want to tell everybody about it. Sometimes we want to complain about everything. But if we would be like the wise builder in Japan, we would find that we are on a faulty foundation and it keeps getting erratic day by day. Struggle by struggle. We're losing the battle over and over again because people are not built on the shore foundation. But if we were wise, if the world was wise, if humanity was wise, it would see that what they're doing isn't working and it would come and build on the foundation of the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And the storms can come. You know, I was working in Florida before I was a Christian. And I got a job as a surveyor in Stewart, Florida. Now, that sounds like a cool job, doesn't it? But in Stewart, Florida, you have to go out into the St. Lucie River and stand with a stick way out there in the St. Lucie River as the guy who has a higher position. Isn't this how it always is? He gets to stand on the shore foundation and he's inside there and he's sighting your stick. And you're watching Stingray go by your legs and you're going, hmm, maybe I got the wrong job. (laughs) But what happens in Florida when they have trees along the St. Lucie River? And when a storm comes, these trees blow over to where they're looking like they're growing sideways. But after the storm, they're still sideways. But when the sun rises, oh, I may preach a little bit today. When the sun rises, those trees begin to feel the beauty of that sun rise. And it begins to straighten up again. You see, because that, those trees have rooted in To where even though they get blown over, their roots, their beliefs does not change. And when the sun rises, they react and begin to pull themselves up. Oh, that the church today, when there's such storms that come in our life, in such areas of our life that torment us and worry and fear and doubt and everything else just climbs all over us like we are a, a, a fly paper and, that, and they are fly and it sticks to us and we start wondering and who do we call and we start calling everybody but Jesus. And we get beaten up and trodden and then we crawl in the church on Sundays. I'm 
knows I'm going to have a worship this morning. Because I've just been beaten up by the devil, my neighbors, and everybody else who wants to be a devil. Amen. I don't know about what. Maybe I won't even stay the whole service. Maybe I'll just get a little convicted and run. I don't know. But I got here. Everybody glad I'm here. Oh, yes, you're glad I'm here. But I'm going to tell you, I don't know if I can do it. I'm going to get on the chair. Oh, boy. I feel a little better now. I sure wish that worship lady would hurry up. I got an appointment called lunch. I just sure wish everything would go faster. If that picture goes longer than 40 minutes today, I'm never coming out. I'm so beaten up. And all you can hear is what you are and not what Jesus is. Every worship song tells us what Jesus is. Every word of the Bible tells us what Jesus is. And if we just absorb what the worship is and what absorb what Jesus is, we'll start to rise up out of our seats and we'll start to rise up and strengthen up our spine and strength, lift our hands and lift our chins because we remember that he is the lifter of our chins. Amen. He lifts our chins. Amen. He brings us to that point to where we will understand that whatever we're going through, he can pull us through. Did you hear what I said? Whatever we're going through, he can pull us through. He surrounds us with his love and he, he pours his peace into our lives and he strengthens us to where we're able to stand strong in the word of God and the knowledge of his presence. I want to say a surprise to everybody today that when you walk out of the outpost today, he's walking out with you. He's going home with you. And when you go through a problem, he's going through the problem with you. And, he, and when you're looking for the answer, he is the answer. I'm not going to say he's going to go through the answer with you looking for the answer. He is the answer. Hallelujah. He's a shield around us. The lifter of our chin. He is the, he is the, the water that we pant after. As the, beer, as the deer so panteth after the water, so doth my heart panteth after thee, O Lord. I'm thirsty for Jesus. Common building blocks that we build on today that are faulty. Number one is employment. We think our job is going to get us somewhere. Let me tell you about employment. If you're late more than three times, you're out of employment. If you don't agree with everything, you're out of employment. If you are a troublemaker on the job, you're out of employment. And when you get to be my age, 39, 
as Jack Benny. Some of you remember Jack Benny. We used to say, I'm 39 years old. You, when you get to be my age, you're out of employment. And do you know that most people in America do not have proper retirement? So now you're out of employment and you have a social security check and that check is smaller than what your mortgage or rent is. Doesn't sound like a sure foundation to me. Not at all. Employment is full of people that want to get your job. In the corporate world, that's what it's like. Who can I climb over to get to the highest position? Sometimes I see this in the church and it scares me that the church acts like it's an employment. If I can get close to the leadership, I can be lifted up. I, if I can rub shoulders with the pastor, maybe he'll recognize how great I am. Well, what do you get that? You know what? Let me tell you. What, 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 did, what did the disciples' mom do? Come to Jesus and said, I want my boys to be with you. I, I want them to sit. I mean, who else? When you, got, when you want something done, send mom. Mom's got this touch. Mom says, I'll bring you biscuits and gravies for a month if they can sit next to you. What's your favorite food? You know I'm a chef. I'll cook for you. Jesus said, it's not me that's going to sit anybody anywhere. It's the Father which is in heaven. I'm here to tell you right now, the employment will never get you a seat in glory if that's all you have. What you need is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of glory. Can I preach a little bit about it? Do you know that there's a God in heaven that loves you and I that he gave his only begotten son called Jesus Christ that will come here on this earth and, and walk with us by and through his Holy Spirit, the paracletos the, that literally he gave to us that'll walk along our side, that'll testify of truth, will share the things that Jesus said and will allow us to know what's about to come. Amen. Someone shout this morning. I'm telling you, I'm going to help you with this message. Because there's a time that we have to understand that there's a God that's greater than employment. The second thing that people build on is financial integrity and wealth and presence. I was driving down on the uh, pier on the Embarcadero the other day. I was taking some pastors around San Francisco, showing them the great sights that we have here. Everybody realize we have beautiful sights here. Took them up to the Coit Tower, and they saw all of San Francisco and the Bay. Took them across the Bay Bridge, and they saw Oakland, the Bay Bridge, San Francisco. They saw everything. But you know, there's people walking down the street. And you may be here this morning. I'm preaching now. You may be in this house this morning. There may be some people right now walking by this door. They don't have any view of heaven. They don't have the view that they need. They don't have the cross of Jesus Christ in them ministering to them. And all they have is burdens and pain 
and anguish and fear and doubt. And we have the answer for them. It's not how much money you have. So I'm driving down Embarcadero. And one of the bishops says, look at that Mercedes Benz. That Mercedes Benz is handmade. It's called a Maya Mercedes. I hope I got that word right. I don't know. I've the first time I've ever seen it. And I'm not looking to buy one. $300,000. But I'm going to tell you right now. If that person being chauffeured doesn't have Jesus in their heart, they'll never drive that Mercedes the glory. Because you take nothing with you. Bill Gates isn't taking anything with it. And every other wealthy individual's name that I can say is not taking anything with them. It's like the sultan that died over in India and he took his he had to make a, a casket with him inside, but his hands were outside the casket. And he said, I want you to take it through my whole kingdom. And this is the reason why. Because everything I had, I could not take with me. And I made a mistake by acting like I could. But now that I face death, make the casket, I realize I can't take anything with me. Finance, you can't buy your way into glory. Oh, that the church world would stop trying to buy her way into position. Would stop trying to say, I've got this much money. If I give it to you, will you do what I want you to do? If we would stop thinking in the results of what money can do, and we would start thinking in the results of what Jesus can do, we can see San Francisco turned upside down. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I believe that with all my heart. Jesus can do something beautiful and something great and he will do something beautiful and he will do something great when we have faith. The third thing is reputation. We build on reputation. Oh, that person's great. He's got a great reputation. You ever heard anybody say that to you? That person's got a great reputation. And they build on that, but it doesn't work. Reputation doesn't get you anything but a, a thought that you've got a good reputation. Doesn't do anything to you. That person's got a good reputation. What are they, what's their reputation of? Am I preaching this morning? Do you understand that reputation, employment, financial uh, uh, integrity, financial status, and reputation, are oh, you buying all three of those together? You still don't have what you need to get to heaven. And, 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 and you start to build on a reputation that I'm such a good person. I've got a good reputation. You can trust me. I've got a good reputation. And in this world, if somebody walks up to you and says, you can trust me, look out. <laughs> look out. My, daughter, my, my granddaughter, 13 years old,
got a, an Instagram account. I am unhappy. And on the Instagram account she got invited, she won an iPhone 11. And she said, Poppy, I, all I do is have to call this number and they're going to go ahead and send it to me. I said, stop. Don't you dare call that number. That's a scam. I don't know who's going to be on the other end of that. Some sex offender, I don't know what it would be on the other end of that. And all of a sudden, you're going to think you're getting an iPhone and you're not going to get an iPhone. She said, oh, please, Poppy, let me do it. I said, no, do not do it. I said, this is what I said. I've been around a long time. I'm 39. I've been around a long time. You know, wisdom helps you sometimes. It's like those letters you get in the mail that says you have won a cruise. Call this number. And you may not get the cruise, but you get three other presents underneath that. I take it to the shredder and I put it in there. Because you know what? Don't believe the lies of this world Amen. to help build your reputation. Amen. You're wonderful people here. You're great people. You're in church on Sunday morning. Can I say that again? You are in church on Sunday morning. Do you know most of California is not going to church anymore in Nevada? Less than 10% of our whole community of the state of California, Nevada, of all the populace, less than 10% are attending church on Sunday. Man, I feel like preaching. I, I, I want you to catch this this morning. I want you to understand that there, there is a devil out there that's trying to make us build on employment, financial repu uh, uh, status and reputation. And then the fourth thing, is we live in a world that's called technical. I mean, people running out buying this phone and that phone, this computer, face recognition. And people are building on their technical skills that they don't want God. They want a job at Apple. Let me tell you something, Apple's not eternal. They can't get you to heaven, even though you feel like heaven when you got an iPhone. You feel like you're in heaven when you got something great. From, and you have technical skills and you've taken technical uh, programming. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? I'm going to sit down and tell you something. When I came into the ministry in 1976, when I took my first church in 1981, this guy visited my church. And this is when computers only had one megabyte of RAM, a green or amber screen. And you ran a program called DOS. 
to get everything going. My first computer cost me $1,500. And what I did, I'm going to be honest with you, when I got that computer, I went through the, 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 the computer builder's building and he looked at me like this. And I went, oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God I'm getting the computer. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And I began to thank Jesus. Right thing to do, I guess. I didn't know where I was getting the money, but he was building it for me. I was thanking Jesus for the money. Are you with me so far? I'm taking you a place that's going to help you. Then this guy visited me at my church. And he was a programmer. And he wrote a program for church finance. Then I did a revival down in Lompoc, California, and I met the guy. Believe this, it's true. I met the guy that coded in C, that sent the rockets up all the way up from Lompoc, and they were coded in C programming to when they got to a certain time and a certain place in space, they would bend back and come back to the earth and land at the location that they were coded to do. Can I tell you something? I have a technical mind. I fell in love with C. He gave me my first disc. Here, take this. This is C. Go home and learn it. I went home and started learning C. I learned VBA. I went to school at Cabrillo College to learn more. But every time I try to do this, the Holy Spirit comes to me and says, So... I called you to preach. You are a Pentecostal preacher. You don't hold back. You preach revivals and you preach across the world. And so you're going to sit in front of this computer down your basement and learn the code for 15 hours a day when there's souls out there that need to hear the word of God. And I looked up to heaven in my heart. I said, oops. I made a decision. I can build on this technical skills because I'm good with numbers, really good with numbers. Really good with putting together control blocks that control what coding that you write down. Really good at it. Putting the right parentheses in the right area right there. I know I'm losing you, but what I'm saying is I'm really good at it. Then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, I didn't create you. Oh my God, someone in here. You feel that in your own spirit. I didn't create you to do what you're doing. I created you to be my child and, and me as your father. And I created you to hear my voice and do what my voice tells you to do. And when my voice tells you to preach, preach. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, just preach. When I tell you to teach, teach it. When I tell you to lay hands on the sick, lay hands on the sick. When I tell you to pray for someone to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, lay hands on them, they get baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. When I tell you to pray, pray. I did not tell you to be a technical code writer. Was it hard for me to stop? Yeah, it was. But I stopped. I stopped. I stopped. And every time I try to crawl back into that hole, hear me now, that hole gets so small I can't get in. 
But when I crawl back in, into the very throne room of grace boldly, I hear God saying, welcome, my son. And if you've never heard God say that to you, you need to get on your knees. You need to seek the face of God and you need to know that he's wanting to hear from you. Because he created you and saved you for one purpose. And that was and is to worship him. Can you give me just a a few more minutes? And then fifth, the church. Some people go to church thinking they're going to make it because they're going to go to church. attend the church down there, so I'm going to heaven. Well, why are you doing the things you do? Ah, the church doesn't talk about it, so I do it. You're drinking so much you can't even talk to me. Why are you doing that? You say you're going to heaven. church doesn't say anything about drinking. I'm going to tell you don't drink. Don't do drugs. Don't gossip. Ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. Amen. The church. Oh, I'm saved. My daddy and my mommy attend here. My grandparents attend here. I'm fourth generation church of God. I'm going to heaven no matter what. God don't care what generation you are. God wants to know if you have given your heart to him. God wants to know whether or not you're going to make it. God wants to know whether or not you are going to live for him and keep him in your heart at all times. The church can't get you to heaven. The outpost can't get you to heaven. I, I can't get you to heaven. I can pray with you to receive Jesus so you can get to heaven, but I can't get you to heaven. Amen? What gets you to heaven is Jesus Christ. I feel in my spirit I'm losing a few of you right now. The only security is Jesus. The only security we have is Jesus. He gives us a refuge. A place to come and hide. A place where you can come when the world's after you. And, and people are after you and you feel like you don't have any friends anymore. You feel like no matter what you're trying to do for the King of Kings and the Lord of glory, people are pointing fingers and they're talking about you and they're making you feel lonely. I love Carrie Joby's song, You're Not Alone. You're not alone. I, I love Shirley Caesar's song. My favorite song of all gospel songs is Hold my mule. There's a man tending in that church. Church is going on and he starts shouting. His legs start moving. And that old church says, what's going on here? What's he doing? Brother John, what are you doing? You got to stop that. So he goes on. He's up on his land plowing. 
And they drive up and they say, Brother John, we want to talk to you. You can't attend our church anymore. You can if you stop your shouting, you stop your praising, you stop your acting up in church. And Brother John looks at those elders of that church. He said, you see this land that I'm plowing? God gave me this land. Let me tell you about my children. They're all in church. They all know Jesus Christ. And you tell me I can't shout. He says to them, hold my mule because I'm going to shout right now. I wish people at church would start to shout again and praise God again and tell whoever's keeping them from doing it, hold my mule. You'll find a refuge in him. It's amazing. He's the shelter in the storm. He's the bulwark that fails not. I went to a, a meeting in marriage seminar. 300 people there in Lake Hume, California. Who's Baptists and Pentecostals? Well, I'll just tell you. During worship, the Pentecostals were raising their hands and shouting, and the Baptist folks were like, <laughs> wondering what, what we're doing. I'm not making fun of them, I'm just saying that's what it was like. Y'all know what I mean. Raise your hand if you, if you don't know what I mean, I'll explain it to you later. And out comes this quartet. One, two, three, and the fourth one comes out, dragging his legs on crutches. Dragging his legs. I found out later he had a leg disease that every year it had to be repaired and he would only get three months of being able to walk pretty normal. But after three months, the next seven months he would be dragging his legs, dragging his legs, and he comes out there, he was the bass singer. They were wonderful quartet. Tim LaHaye was the guest speaker. It was a powerful, powerful conference. And they start to sing. And I've kept my eye on this man. What's he going to sing? What's he going to say? And out of his mouth comes these words. My God is a bulwark that faileth not. Can you remember that? That was 40 years ago. How can you remember that? Because it imprinted my spirit in my mind. My God is a bulwark that faileth not. He never fails us. He's a bulwark around us. He's watching out for us. The enemy can't get in because he's a shield and a buckler. His name is a high power. What might we can run through it? Find safety. Someone shot in this house. Amen. God is what we need in our lives. He's our friend who sticks closer than a brother. Yes, yes. I know some of you in here, I'll say that I've had friends fail me. Oh, yes. I've had good friends fail me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I've had BFS fail me. That means best friends forever. It takes me a long time to learn that, but I did. Friends fail you. He 
never fails you because he is your companion. He is your brother. He is your friend. He told the disciples, you are no longer slaves. You are my friends. Everybody in this room that knows Jesus Christ, you got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You got a friend that'll never, never let you down. You got a friend that'll listen to you praying, listen to you crying, listen to you worshiping. You got a friend who cares so much for you that he will never turn his back on you. Amen. He's the ever present. He never leaves you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Never will he leave you. Never will he take his hand off of you. And when you're walking at the end, he comes in like a flood. He sends the Holy Ghost to raise up the standards. Because that's because God doesn't want anybody to harm you. He's going to stand by you. All God wants from us is our commitment to worship and to pray and to thank Him for what He's done. Well, they tell me in church, if I don't pay my tithes, I'm not going to go to heaven. I don't know where they get that from. I never heard that sermon on the cross. Anybody heard that sermon on the cross? Did anybody hear that sermon on the cross? He never, he didn't, I, can, I can hear it now. The, right before he says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And right before he says, it, it is finished, he goes, and Lord God, Father of all, I'm just going to say it out to everybody that's listening right now. Pay your tithe. Pay your tithe. What he's saying to all of us today is hear me. I want to love you. I want to never leave you. Don't walk from me because walk towards me. If the storms get rough, Make sure your foundation is on me because I don't want you to falter. I want you to be wise builders. I want you to do wise things in this kingdom that my Father has created. I came to make a way for you. A way into the very presence of the Father. No man cometh unto the Father lest he is drawn by the Spirit and the Spirit draws you to Jesus and you confess to Jesus who you are and what you've done and he forgives you. The Bible says this and I'm going to close. The Bible says this that he's, he, he's in the Old Testament he says that he throws your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. The only reason you remember sins is because the devil comes by and reminds you of what a sinner you are. And because of our spiritual... Oh, I'm going to be rough here. I'm going to be rough. I'm going to be rough. All right, everybody. We'll get, um, don't throw anything. Because of our spiritual ignorance, we accept what the devil says. There is no sin that cannot be forgiven lest the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit 
And when he talked about it back in those days, it meant something totally different for what it is in our life today. It is nearly impossible to blaspheme the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. I'm telling you right now, there is no sin that he cannot forgive. I got to turn the dial down because I got this preacher running in me right now. Hear me now. He is steadfast. He is unwavering. He is always there. And if you're backslid today, if you're doing things you shouldn't do, you're backslid and you know you are. When you go to him, hopefully today, I pray that you'll come up to this altar today if you're backslid. Let me tell you, where you left him, he is still there at that point waiting for you. The daddy waiting for his son to come back home. Every day he looked for that prodigal son. Every day he was on that porch. He never took his eyes off that road. I think this. I think because he was human, he went to bed. But I believe he put a servant there. He said, if you see my son come immediately and wait. And when he saw him coming, he was already, he knew he was coming. You know why I knew he was coming? Because he always, he already had the ring, the cape, the shoes, and the, he was ready to kiss him on his cheek because he's back home. That's how much God loves you and I. That's how much he loves us. He's unwavering. He's steadfast. The only security is Jesus. Firm support withstands storms. Withstands storms. He's the promise keeper. He cannot lie. How many has been lied to in your life? Hmm. If you didn't raise your hand, I'll raise both of mine. I've been lied to in your life. But God has never lied to me. Neither will he ever lie to you. Because when he tells you you're saved, you're saved. No matter what anybody else thinks. Because you gave your heart to the Lord. He says, child of God. Lastly, he gives you the comforter who comforts you in the deepest of sorrows, in the deepest of pain, in the deepest caves of doubt. In the rivers of worry that you never know what channel you're on in these rivers. 
he, just like he did with Peter, when he fell into the water, he could have said, what are you doing, man? He could have gotten the boat and said, come on, swim back. Come on. No, he didn't. He lifted him out of the water. You know how big Peter was? He was a big boy. Jesus wasn't a big boy. He did a lot of fasting and praying. Lifted him out of the water. Set him on the rock. Which is the revelation of who Jesus is. In the boat. A signification and a spiritual statement of who Jesus is. He is our And they said, Jesus, what do we, how do we do this? Where do we can get this faith? He said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. So this morning, I want to ask you, what are you building your security on this morning? Where is it founded in? 